Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. On today's show, we are joined by special guest assistant coach Stephen Silas right here. We talked to him today. Yeah, we previews the game tonight against the Phoenix Suns, plus what we liked and didn't like about the month of February. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do all day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. Today's episode is brought to you by Frame Warehouse. Visit framewarehouse.net to find one of their six locations here in the Charlotte area. And don't wait. Get that framing project you've been wanting to get done. Get it done at Frame Warehouse. Go to framewarehouse.net. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, last night was a night that the Hornets didn't do anything and still made up some ground. You got to like that. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, a lot of the Eastern Conference teams battled last night, including... Uh, the new the not the New Jersey Nets the Brooklyn Nets taking on the Sacramento Kings that was a that was a battle for the bottom um, but Jeremy yeah. Lin seventeen points in twenty minutes those could have been our those could have been our twenty minutes yeah and That's then over. It's over, Doug. all right all right uh, I did catch the end of the uh, Boston Cleveland game and Isaiah Thomas just continuing to do incredible things knocking down the but not the game winner, but the nail in the coffin, and they are only three games back of that number one seed against Cleveland. Watch That's out, crazy. Cleveland! Yeah, I watched a game that had something to do with the Hornets. I think um, Spurs Pacers and Kawhi Leonard was the big hero in that one. So, fun stuff happening all over the league. So it's a big game tonight then against Phoenix. Tip off 9 p.m. We're going to have a preview coming up, including we're going to hear from assistant coach Steven Silas, who uh, got on the phone with us for a few minutes. Really interesting stuff there. You want to stick around this episode for that later on. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Head over to iTunes, search Locked On, and find podcasts on the NFL, the NBA, golf, fantasy sports, it's the fastest-growing podcast network in the world. Before we get to that Phoenix preview, though, David, we wanted to recap the month that was. Uh, February was a tough month for the Hornets, 3-8 and eight overall on the month with wins versus Brooklyn, Sacramento, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Not necessarily what you would call, David, quality wins, but um, right. they did get three, and now they look ahead to March. They're still fighting for a playoff spot trying to get back into the hunt. So we're going to go over a couple of things we liked, a couple of things we didn't like, and we'll declare our, our February MVP. Do you say February or February? Do you get the? Do you really February. get the rue in there? February, February. I don't know if I, if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can hear what you're actually saying. 
February. right, let's do things we liked. Kick us off, David. Uh, what's one thing you liked in the month of February? Well, you know, my favorite thing about the month of February, besides Valentine's Day, of course, is the All-Star break. And this year we had two Charlotte Hornets participating all weekend, including showing up on the sidelines looking like Robert De Niro from Taxi Driver. We're not going to let that one go, Frank. He's going to be with us forever. And so that was my, I just, that one, that one actually might be my favorite thing, but I just enjoyed that all weekend as a whole. The game was a bit of a blah fest, but having those two guys come out and perform well, and not only the games, but also the three-point contest was was really cool to see. And that, that Frank costume was uh, something Frankie that I've not gotten it to do. Yeah, has not gotten it to do, as well as the Snapchat glasses. Great stuff from Frank. I, well, I'm going to stick with Frank Kaminsky for the first thing that I liked. I like his new aggressive, decisive side that he's shown over this past month as he stepped in for Cody Zeller at that center position. He is hesitating less, thinking less, and finishing drives aggressively. I like what I've seen out of him in the last couple of games. Plus, I really like his passing. He's averaging 2.8 assists per game. That's top 10 among centers and his 3.1 assist-to-turnover ratio is tops among starting centers. So, you know, he's not ter- he's making good decisions. He's being decisive with the basketball. I really like it from Frank. Oh, Frank Kaminsky! What's the next thing? What do you got? Well, not to get Frank overload, but I'm going right <laughs> back to Frank because it's February. Oh, Frank! Oh, <laughs> A Frank-centric podcast. We saw this coming. 18 points and seven rebounds in the month of February, Doug. I mean, you said all the time, if you can get that from Frank Kaminsky on this team, then that's a big, huge boost and something I don't think anyone saw coming. Now, look, yes, he's been starting during that time, and I said something yesterday that was not actually true. First time ever. Um, he, he has got, obviously, gotten, <laughs> obviously, gotten, obviously gotten more minutes, about 10 minutes more per game, about 32 minutes a game in the month of February, up from around 22 in January. So definitely an uptick in minutes played, but they got to figure out some way to keep that production going. I mean, the coaches at Frank as well, once Cody gets back, but man, I was shocked seeing those numbers. But if you look back on it, because of the losing streak, right? You're like, well, yeah, no one's doing anything much, but I think that's a real uh, bright, bright spot for this team. 18 and seven from Frank over that month. And, I've seen some people write, including I, I saw a headline on Swarm and Sting that talked about Frank changing perceptions. Do you think that he's changed perceptions on uh, how good he can be or what kind of impact he can have as an NBA player? Uh, not overall from the broader sense, I don't think. One, because of the losing was still in there, so I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to the Hornets. I mean, people that have been watching the Hornets, sure, I think they see a little glimmer of hope that he can be something more than he's been. It's going to take some overall team success and some sustained success for Frank along a longer period, but it's getting there. I mean, smaller pockets of people are starting to say, ah, Frank's not so horrible after all. And that, that's not something we said, but you know, he's been under tremendous pressure uh, with you know, with the draft, the picks, the Godfather offer, not Justice Winslow, yada, yada, yada. Um, and he's been fine. He's been okay for the most part, but these spikes are really what people are looking for. 
Right. And I think, you know, he hasn't had those huge performances that will land you on SportsCenter and, and start to change that national yeah. tide. But I think he is changing perceptions among some of the hardcore fans who watch every game, who listen to this podcast, and who hear us talking about him and his statistics. I think people are finally waking up to the fact that, hey, maybe maybe Frank Kaminsky is, has been a center all along, and maybe he can make an impact um, uh, you know, beyond w- what they thought. So, yeah, I think he's changing perceptions among the hardcore fans, but he's got a ways to go before he changes any kind of national perspective or makes people forget about uh, that godfather offer, quote-unquote, that – you know, he right. was he was taken over. All right. So here's one thing that I liked. Del Curry sticking up for the Hornets. This was uh, they showed a, a guy in a Bobcats uniform at one of these away games and uh, Dell stepping in saying, no, this is this team is not the Bobcats anymore. Put that in a closet. We're the Hornets, not the Bobcats. That's right, Dell. Dell never put on a Bobcats uniform. This is the Hornets. Del- you got to. <laughs> So, so no throwback Bobcats night for Dell. Then he, he, he's not having. It. Oh, not no. Listen, we haven't even gotten a throwback Hornets night yet. <laughs> Listen, it's tight. It's t- uh, we got to rally around the teal and purple, and you know, there's there's going to be plenty of time for nostalgia and plenty of time for you know honoring those jerseys. Hey, speaking of honoring jerseys, there's no way to there's no better way to honor a jersey than to get it framed and put on a wall. And there's no better place to get something framed and put on a wall than at Frame Warehouse. Don't wait any longer to get that framing project done. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse. We're proud to partner up with Frame Warehouse because they've been family-owned right here in the heart of Charlotte for over 35 years. And they have the guaranteed best price on every frame in stock. At Frame Warehouse, you can frame almost anything, David, for next to nothing. If you can think of it, you can get it framed. We're talking sports memorabilia. We're talking posters for your office, maybe your kid's bedroom. I've already mentioned jerseys. David got them to cut a mirror in half. Who does that? Frame Warehouse does that. They'll help you with uh, your project, whether it be a framing project or just something to get on the wall. We should test them, David. Can you frame it? We should uh, just send them things. Can you frame it? Can you frame a hat? It wouldn't be much of a test, Doug. They can frame anything. Can you, can you, I'll say, can you frame Kimba? And they'll say, well, like a Kimba poster. I said, no, Kimba. If I, if I get Kimba here, can you frame him? He's willing. It's like, we'll do like, we'll do like another Celtic pride too. I'll kidnap Kimba. And then can you frame him? That's the question. (laughs) All right. At every frame warehouse location, you'll find a host of framing experts that will walk you through the process. Turn your project around super quick and for a great price. Don't let your prized possessions go undisplayed. Talk to our friends at Frame Warehouse at one of their six locations in Charlotte. Go to framewarehouse.net. That's framewarehouse.net to find the location near you and tell them Locked On Hornets sent you. And, of course, give them a go, Hornets. Okay, back to some things we liked. I like Kimba Walker being back. Uh, the, the Beginning of February, he kind of struggled. First five games, 13.2 points, five assists, four rebounds, six steals, a point six steals per game. And then uh, his shooting splits were 28, 23, 89. G- good free throw percentage, but 28 and 23. You don't like to see that. The last six games, he stepped it up in a big way. 27.2 points, 
five and a half assists, 4.7 assists, 1.3 steals per game. And then his shooting splits, 54% from the field, 52% from beyond the arc, and then 89% from the stripe. No change there. But man, I mean, he has really come back in a big way, David. He's looked awesome. He's looked, I mean, at times better than he did in the first parts of the, of the season, right? When he was getting all the all-star buzz and the team was having so much success. But that's honestly something that they're going to have to have. And they're, they they need it to get back on a little bit of a winning streak here. And it's good to see Kimmel because he was dragging. I mean, we talked about it right before the all-star break. He had some rough outings. And to see him bounce back and really play with a renewed energy and bounce. I mean, you could tell from the first game out, uh, he was playing with a, you know, maybe some of that all-star bump. Who knows? But whatever it is, it's been great to see. He's, he's going to keep it going, I think. And they're, they're just going to have to ride him, Doug. I mean, honestly, they're not making a lot of roster shakeups. They're, they're kind of going with what they have now. Um, and they have a star in Kimba Walker, so they're going to need him to play like it uh, pretty much on a nightly basis. And he's done that so far. I so, like him. Yeah, uh, mm. uh, okay, anything else you liked in February? Yeah, one other thing around All-Star Weekend, believe it or not, the shoe releases were a little subdued this year. You know, they didn't have the players out there wearing all uh, special uh, player editions of shoes. But our friends at Jordan Brand, um, they're our friends. We'd, we'd love to hang out with them. Uh, they if they would just call several, us back. <laughs> if they would just leave us messages. They put out several uh, shoes, you know, that were geared towards uh, the game being in Charlotte, uh, is my belief. I mean, there's a lot of honeycomb <laughs> themes. There's Oops. a lot of... There's a lot of teal and purple. Save those. Matching. Yeah. But they're awesome and they're cool. Um, and they got did not get released with any, you know, affiliation with Charlotte or the Queen City or any of that buzz business. But uh, they were cool looking. Buzz, buzz. I was able to get my hands on a pair. So uh, that was good to see. It was fun. So that's times, dope. Nothing was in Charlotte. It was cool. A couple of other things I liked. I liked that the Hornets did not overreact at the trade deadline, especially with the contracts oh. that they already have signed. I just feel like you're in the, they're still in this. They were, they were at the time in this weird middle ground where it's like, I don't know if this team can make the playoffs even if uh, we make a change. And so they decide to not overreact and do something that could hurt them uh, long term. Plus, I really like the Twitter user who dug up that classic replay of Charlotte Bobcat Josh McRoberts whipping a behind the back baseline pass that somehow defied physics and curved up court into the hands of CDR Chris Douglas Roberts, who knocked down the three pointer. Fun fact that was their only three pointer of the entire season, if you can <laughs> believe it. It's the only one. So, way to go, Bob. Mick Roberts, that was an amazing pass. And I love the Twitter user who dug that up and got a few retweets out of it. Okay, some things we didn't like, David. What did you not like about February, other than, obviously, the 3-8 and eight record? Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder there, Doug. It wasn't a fun time to be a Hornets <laughs> fan. Uh, and and one, But one other note I did pull out there, we're giving up about 106.7 points per game, which was a problem because they were only scoring about 103. So that was the big theme for me. You know, we saw the injuries, Cody being out, and just they, they, they were in a tailspin. But a big part of that was the defense and them not being able to stop people when they needed to, not being able to close out fourth quarters, not being able to finish plays and games. And so that was the overarching uh, theme for me, that defense was not there. We've seen it come back a little bit. But certainly just February as a whole was, I mean, I'm telling you, Doug, we, 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 had, to, we had to have some, just some huddles up. Just, you know, the Lockdown Hornets team had to get in there and 
rouse each other back to being able to watch some of these games at times. It was brutal. One thing I didn't like, how many minutes Kimba Walker is playing, and you kind of alluded to it, the Hornets have to play him a lot because he is unquestionably their best player and he's performing at such a high level. But I think, you know, if the Hornets do end up getting back into this playoff race and, and get into the playoffs, you could see uh, that some of that some of these minutes played could take a toll on Kimba Walker and it will force other players to have to step up if they want to have playoff success. But we're not there yet. That's like step three. We're still on kind of step one, finishing out this road trip um, with a couple of wins. Uh, plus, all of these injuries to major NBA stars, David, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant is out at least a month. Kyle Lowry, done until the playoffs. Joel Embiid, officially done for the season. And Miles Plumley still no word on his return. <laughs> all of these stars oh, yeah, like, uh, dropping out of the sky, David. I don't like all it. All these huge names. Like, this yeah, is not good. Not, not fun. Hey, where do you not fall good. on that? Where do you fall on the should Joel Embiid win the Rookie of the Year despite only playing 31 games? Where do you fall on that? Should he win the Rookie of the Year? 31 games, I mean, less than half the season, right? Look at that quick math I just Yeah, did. and there, the problem, it's not the 31 games that bothers me, David. It's it's the healthy scratches. Not Well, you know what I'm saying. Like, they had to, you know, they, they benched him to try to save his body, and then, of course... Yeah, he was <laughs> under a minutes restriction, so, like, that was some of the all-star talk, right? Like, he's I mean, maybe you could argue he's playing a different way because basically he knows he's only playing, you know, 21, 22 minutes a night, right? And I um, yeah, and I understand the argument that there's there's really no other rookie that has is is made a huge impact. Although his teammate Dario Saric is uh, starting to come alive, and then you know Malcolm Brogdon has played Brogdon, well. Yeah. He's played well, but certainly not to the level of Joel Embiid when he was able to be on the court. But I just I just struggle giving a, a full season award to somebody who played 31 games. That's just really tough for I me. I think it, I think if he plays. Well, you know, what what are we left with, like 26 games? If he plays, like, even 10 games to the second half of the season, I think it's a no-brainer. It may still be a no-brainer. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing with these rookies, right? It's like, if you really can't pick anyone else out, uh, and the impact he had on that team went well beyond, honestly, the time he was playing. I mean, because he he brought a lot to that team and changed the, the outlook for them, changed their energy level completely, so... I don't know. That's a t- that's just that, that yeah, that's a tough one to do. The, I mean, thirty-one games. You, you got to play more than a college season. It feels like to be the rookie of the year. I'm totally with you. Okay, uh, anything else you didn't like in February? Yeah, going super old guy here. The weather. What <laughs> Get is out the of deal? Here. What is the deal with the weather? I need a little bit of nip in the air, Doug. I just I can't go back to seventy degrees so soon. I guess I'm going to have to. I'm not overly complaining to all you folks in cold weather atmospheres. My man Twiggy, you don't know what we're talking about, but um, actually, actually, I'm assuming it's hot in Australia all the time where you are, Twiggy. Correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I mean, I'm sure they yeah. have cold I'm sure <laughs> at they some have point. some cold. <laughs> well, we didn't have any, Doug. We didn't have any cold. No, so and you know, it, d- Hornets fans are just begging, f- especially Hornets fans in Charlotte, are just begging for consistency. Consistency from the Hornets, consistency from Nick Batum shooting, consistency from the weather. Just, I, we just need, we just need <laughs> things to be, uh, you know, consistent day to day. Let it be cold. Let it What's be hot. It? Just something. All right, I'm who's? What was? I, I have all these. I have all these jackets, and I want to wear them. So I'm <laughs> Who's your February MVP? 
I think you know. It's pretty obvious. It's Frank the Tank. Second leading scorer, second leading rebounder. Kind of has to be Frank. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to be Kemba. He's the MVP of the team, but you have to give a nod uh, to Frank for this month. I mean, we, we mentioned the averages earlier, 18 and 7. Um, and, you know, here's, well, here's the thing think about sport. where the Hornets would be, despite Kemba playing well. Think about where the yeah. Hornets would be had he not stepped in and done that. You know, had he stepped in and just maintained the production that he's had all season. I mean, he's the guy that's right. really like Kimba has been doing this at a high level all season. Frank playing well above his averages, um, even though and just not even per minute. You know, just overall, just playing better than he's played all season. Um, yeah, February MVP. Definitely Frank Kaminsky. All right, let's talk about this game tonight. By the way, 10 home games in March. They're coming off a seven-game road trip, and they've got 10 home games in March. So uh, that's good. I mean, that that sets them up nicely to try to make a playoff run. Um, But they're still out on the road right now. Let's talk about tonight's game against the Phoenix Suns. Tip-off is set for 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern. This will be the sixth game of their seven-game road trip that that began before the All-Star break. It's their first game against Phoenix this season. They split the season series last season. I spoke with assistant coach Steven Silas, who gave us a preview of what to expect tonight. Let's take a listen. All right, so coach, uh, you just got done with practice. You are three games deep into the post-All-Star break era of this season. What's been the message or the focus for this team since coming out of the break? Uh, really fight and, and work to get back into this playoff hunt. Um, we dug ourselves a hole prior to the uh, all-star break and, and uh, really fighting right now to, to get back in the hunt and, and uh, really concentrating on every game, especially on this road, to uh, make some hay. Yeah, you guys fought really hard to get that win against the Los Angeles Lakers, but it was difficult at times for the team to pull away and sustain a lead. As you look ahead to Phoenix, this is a team that is similar in a lot of ways to the Lakers. They're young, they turn the ball over, they can shoot the ball really well, and they like to get up and down. What do you take away from the last game as you prepare for tip-off? We can take a lot from this last uh, last game. They, Like you said, they, they're very similar to uh, how the Lakers play as far as they get the ball up and down the floor and are really, really explosive offensively and, and struggle a little bit defensively. So for us to get back in transition and set our defense is going to be a main key so uh, they don't get those easy baskets in transition. We learned that last night, giving up 22, 22 uh, fast break points. So we got to do a better job. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of points in the paint as well. And the the Phoenix Suns are going to start Alex Lynn. It's a little bit of a lineup change coming out of the break for them. And he played really well uh, last season after the All Star break. Seven foot one center. He is a big physical force inside. What do you have to do to uh, contain the impact that that he will have in this game? It's going to be a team effort, like I said, for us to get back and get our defense set. When we get our defense set, we're a very good defensive team. The problem is. Uh, we haven't been doing a good job of running all the way back and getting it set. So a guy like Len, uh, if he's playing against our set defense and we're organized and we can meet his roles and, and make his post-ups tough, then it'll be good for us. But if uh, we're not all the way back and not organized, now his role game comes into play. Now his offensive rebounding comes into play in his paint game. So, again, uh, we've been preaching, get back in transition, set our defense, and then we're good, and we're going to need to do that tomorrow night. 
And a big part of that will be Cody Zeller, his return in the last game, a big story. Uh, how did he feel out of practice? Can you tell us anything about what the plan will be for him as you guys head into Phoenix? Uh, yeah, he'll probably see a few more minutes than he played last night. Uh, I'm not sure about the starting situation. He came off the bench for us last night and just got his feet wet. You know, we're a better team with him on the floor, obviously, and and uh, it was great to have him on the floor uh, last night. He's still a little bit rusty after missing so much time, but it's important for us to uh, really have him. And, uh, you know, he's such a big part of what we do on both ends of the floor. It's great to have him out there. And Frank Kaminsky's been filling in very well for Cody Zeller in that absence. What's impressed you most about what Frank has given this team uh, offensively and maybe defensively as well? And, and do you attribute it all to an increase in confidence? Yeah, it, it has a lot to do with that. Um, historically, you know, a guy in this midway through his second year kind of starts to figure it out a little bit more. Uh, and I think Frank has done that. His, his uh, ability to play the four and the five, the five is something that he's had to play um, by necessi- necessity, but he's been good at it. And, and he's mixed up his pick and roll games. He's really shown his uh, basketball IQ as far as his rolls to the rim and then sometimes flaring and drawing those five men out to try to defend them. So he's using his quickness, he's using his, using his smarts, and uh, he's been really good for us. And he had a nifty little move against Julius Randle, the up-and-under play. Was that uh, was that shown in the film session? Did anyone have a little it, fun with that? <laughs> it, it actually was shown in the film session, so he, he got a kick out of that one. Good stuff. Uh, let's talk. Is it different from a coaching perspective to prepare for teams like the Lakers and the Suns that are clearly looking towards the future? So they're moving roster pieces around. As I said, Lynn goes into the lineup. Brandon Knight hasn't played a lot. Is it different, more challenging to prepare for teams like that than, say, you know, a team that is in the playoff hunt and you know what you're going to get? For us right now, every team is pretty much the same as far as our preparation is concerned because we're really concerned about how we're playing and, and, and coach Clifford always say it's not who says it's not who you play it's how you play so for us preparing um each team brings their own problems and and with this team their ability to score and their ability to get up and down the floor is something that we're really concerned with but for us to make this push towards the playoffs is going to be important for us to take each game individually play the game how we know it needs to be played and then hopefully go ahead and get the win and then go on to Denver and uh, tackle that challenge. Yeah, I know you have a lot to prepare for. Last question, and we'll get you out of here. You've been out on the road for more than a week now. What will this team have to watch out for as they wrap up this road trip? Well, it's been a long trip. You know, it's already been a week, and we still have two more games left. So um, (laughs) your legs get a little more tired. You get a little tired of uh, being in a hotel and that sort of thing and and all the travel. So uh, just really making sure that we concentrate on how we play our organization, uh, what the goal is, and then going from there, not really worrying so much about being on the road and, and all the things that come along with that. Coach Silas, really appreciate you giving us a few minutes, and good luck uh, tonight. All right. Thank you very much. So you just heard from Coach Silas there. They are, are trying to fight that road weariness, David, but they, I, I like what he said at the beginning. They're trying to make some hay. Yeah, they got to. Great stuff there from coach huge thanks for him to him for coming on doug i mean he mentioned a lot of stuff we talked about with frank right the confidence issue uh the confidence factor um and uh trying to get him in a group playing the four and the five i mean pretty fascinating stuff 
Yeah, I like what he said that, you know, middle of the second season is typically when players start to figure it out. And, you know, even a guy like Frank, who coming into the league was known for basketball IQ, um, mm-hmm. you know, is going it's going to take some time. But I think it's interesting, you know, when he plays the four, it's a lot of pick and pop. It's a lot of him spacing the floor, staying around the three point line. I honestly think a big part is obviously confidence, but I think when he's at the center position, he's gotten a chance to roll to the rim more. He's gotten a chance to do some more complex things and think a little bit more and and, and use his brain a little bit more. And maybe that's sparked something within him because we we saw in that move against Julius Randle, like he can string moves together. Now, defensively, he's struggled with thinking a little too much, but I think on the offensive end, he needs to be challenged. He needs to be given multiple things to do as opposed to just hanging out beyond the three-point line. I think that's really helped him. Yeah, and I think the basketball IQ thing shouldn't be overlooked here, obviously. I mean, uh, that's those are the type of guys they look to add. I mean, that's a big reason why they drafted Frank. Uh, you know, we're talking about the impact of rookies and, and guys like Brogdon who were there for four years and trying to find a rookie of the year this year. And it's just it's just interesting how some of this stuff plays out with Frank. And, you know, some of the other young guys that come into the league and those that are having impact, obviously that's two separate draft class. But for Frank, I mean, being able to have that high-ass basketball IQ and, um, you know, then being able to just have the experience. And I think it's been interesting to watch him develop. And you, you can't overlook that second second year, right? I mean, that is when you want to see or typically see guys make some of the jump. And I think a lot of people were just getting frustrated because it didn't happen right away with Frank and he maybe needed a, you know, a different look. So, it's all about consistency, right? That's what Clifford says all the time. So now he's got to build on it. He will have a tough test against Alex Len coming up. Uh, Len, 18-12. and 12. Last time he saw the Hornets last season, 18 points, 12 rebounds. So he can make an impact. And this team, you know, again, same as the Lakers. They will be fighting. They will be hungry. Obviously, they're going to make mistakes. The Hornets will have to take more advantage of those mistakes and try to pull away from this team early and not let them hang around because, you know, they have shot makers. They've got Devin Booker who can knock it down from anywhere on the court. So uh, they've I, I, that's the key for me. Take care of this team early. Yeah. Stay energized. Stay focused. I thought their defense against the Lakers was a little lax in the first half. Uh, I, I think they've just got to be yeah. engaged from the tip, put this team away early, and don't let them hang around. Yeah, and, and a lot of the areas we usually talk about that are struggle points for the Hornets, fast break points, again, I mean, the Suns are second in the league with 19 fast break points a game. That's going to be a big key. That was a big key against the Lakers, and they did do a great job of it, especially early on. And also, they're third in the league with 18.5 points off turnovers. So um, that's something the Hornets are typically good at, not turning the ball over. So they want to be uh, mindful of that as well. And then last thing is points in the paint, Doug. They're, they're fifth in the league in points in the paint. That was an area that they, again, lost the Lakers to, you know, those three areas, and they still were able to win that game. So this is going to be a feisty game. It's going to be a lot like that Lakers game. I think they've got – it seems like they have a little more cohesiveness than the Lakers, but, I mean, very similar. So this is another game that the Hornets should win. They obviously need to win. But, you know, they can't afford to take nights off from here on in against anybody. Absolutely. Well, again, big thanks to Coach Silas there. I, you know, I just want to take a second to just sort of step back and, and 
say that, you know, I always want to act like, you know, we've, we've been there before. Um, but I think this season, uh, this show has really taken shape and it has become a, a number one source for a lot of people for Hornets news and analysis. And I uh, just want to thank everyone for listening and just know that we're, we're continuing uh, to, to get better and, and bring you uh, straight from the source uh, what's going on with this Charlotte Hornets team. And uh, it's, it's been a pleasure to do that. And we've grown a lot. I mean, think about where we were season one, David, to where we are now. It's just been, it's been super. That's my favorite thing from February is that we just can, we're continuing uh, to get better. Yeah. Another one of my favorite thing is our friends at Frame Warehouse. They're amazing too. That's people in Charlotte. Great people. Actually, this is my favorite thing from February. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. <laughs> just Alex <laughs> Trebek rapping might be my absolutely, my absolute favorite thing from February. All right. That'll do it for us here on Locked On Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, give us a five-star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a recap of this game tonight against the Suns. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Suns. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.